Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 16th of October, and my name is Roman Canciani. On today's show, I'll be talking about the latest market news with Lucia Chachulovic, and I'm also joined by Menzo Pocinzi, who will be telling us what he believes markets have in store for investors from a technical analysis point of view. But let's start with the market news. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Roman. Now, let's start with a look at US equities. On Friday, stocks fell, but this morning, US equity futures are on the up again. Can you tell us more about what's been driving markets there? Sure. So back on Friday, stocks were pressured by a spike in oil prices and the University of Michigan survey showing that preliminary consumer sentiment data for October dropped while inflation expectations spiked. But despite Friday's losses on a weekly basis, both the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones notched gains. Now, on to today, U.S. equity futures are trending upwards as treasuries and the U.S. dollar slipped on the back of increasing efforts by the U.S. and its allies to prevent further escalation in the Israel-Hamas conflict. And speaking of the conflict, I've seen headlines that US President Joe Biden may visit Israel soon. What other developments and expectations are there? So US officials rushed to speak with Middle Eastern nations to contain the conflict. But there is fear that a sharp escalation could bring Israel into a direct clash with Iran. And in that scenario, next to the human tragedy, Bloomberg estimates that oil prices may soar to 150 US dollars a barrel and tip the world economy into a recession. Now, let's get back to Friday when the Q3 earnings season came to start and, and we saw three of Wall Street's biggest banks notching a record third quarter profit. So still, they, they, they issued a slew of warnings on everything from higher capital requirements and rising loan losses to the fallout from war. Can you share more details here? Yes, you're right, Roman. So when you look at the figures, they are really great. I mean, take JP Morgan Chase, for example. It is the US largest lender and it posted another quarter of record net interest income and it lifted its full year forecast for such revenue. And so did Wells Fargo, by the way. Citigroup, meanwhile, reported that its rates and currencies traders had their best third quarter in at least eight years, which drove bank-wide revenue past analyst expectations. But good news aside, the banks also said that they are bracing for tough times. JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon said on a conference call that they are bracing for so many uncertainties out there that they just have to be very cautious. And then there is a new proposal from regulators that would require higher capital requirements from the banks. And most executives were actually fuming about the new rules, saying that these changes would likely force them to reconsider their offering. So that's also making for quite some news headlines within the US financial sector. Right. Uh, now, moving on to Asia, I see that all major stock indices are down in the region, but it seems that China is back in the spotlight as headwinds in China's markets are growing. Yeah, that's right. So on the one side, the Chinese central bank made its biggest medium-term liquidity injection since 2020, but this didn't really help as stocks slipped anyhow. On the other side, the US is reportedly planning to tighten measures that restrict China's access to advanced semiconductors and chip-making gear. 
These latest rules aim to refine and close loopholes from curbs announced last October, but the U.S. will also impose additional checks on Chinese firms that are attempting to evade export restrictions by routing shipments through other nations. Right, uh, and in local politics, elections in New Zealand and Poland are in focus. Can you please summarize the latest news there? So in New Zealand, voters have chosen a centre-right government and have thus rejected the left-leaning administration of current prime minister, which was in charge for six years. Meanwhile, in Poland, the latest poll shows that the country's opposition is on track for a majority in Sunday's election. This would end the ruling nationalists' second term and steer the country back into European mainstream. Now, Bloomberg here notes that um, there seems to be sort of a global pattern of voters deserting governments that were in charge during COVID-19. And that's certainly an interesting development to keep an eye on. Absolutely. That's uh, an interesting observation indeed. So what else can investors expect for the day ahead and, uh, and the week maybe ahead? So as mentioned at the very beginning, U.S. equity futures are advancing, but they're still very volatile and trading mixed around the zero line. And so are European futures, actually. In terms of economic data, we will get the Eurozone trade balance today, as well as the U.S. empire manufacturing number. Other highlights this week are the U.S. retail sales and industrial production figures tomorrow, China's GDP numbers, retail sales data and industrial production on Wednesday, UK inflation on Wednesday, and then Japan's trade data and inflation on Thursday and Friday. And finally, we've um, seen Bitcoin's price jumping this morning after Grayscale apparently reported that the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission did not appeal a court ruling that essentially allows a Bitcoin ETF. These reports are still unconfirmed, however. Great. Uh, thanks, Lucia, for this overview. Thanks for having me. Now, Mensur, good to have you on the show. Good morning. Morning. Now... I would believe that last week's rebound across equity markets has also improved their prospects when looked through the eyes of a technical analyst. Do you think we are all now all set for a year-end rally in equities? And would you have a favorite stock market to invest in now? Yes, uh, from a technical point of view, basically Friday was uh, quite a bearish day. So we have seen uh, quite some risk off um, in the equities. It's not as visible. So the S&P found it declined by less than half a percent. But what was really uh, what was really concerning on Friday was the sharp rise in gold. So gold rose more than three percent, and Euro Swiss declined to a new low for the year. So basically, we have here a bit of signs of uh, of risk off. So we think it's a critical week for the S and P 500. So the S and P 500 needs to stay above 4,200 to still have a chance for a year and rally. We think uh, the ingredients are still here. So the sentiment is depressed. Uh, investors are still cautious, um, and we think the chance is still here. But nevertheless, if the index drops below 4,200, then basically we would have to cancel the year-end rally, and most likely then the S&P 500 and other global equity markets would enter a consolidation into year-end. So we think Friday was an important day, but uh, maybe we, it's too early to, to have a final judgment here. Right. Uh, you were mentioning gold. Uh, what are your views on gold and silver as well as on oil after a strong move before the weekend? Yes, I mean, uh, gold basically, uh, as you know, declined to almost uh, 1,800 and made now a rally of uh, more than 100 US dollars. 
So when you look at gold, basically we are back uh, below the September highs. And when you look at the chart, the chart still displays a lower high in pattern. So most likely we're just basically retesting these levels. And as long as gold remains below 1,980, 1, then most likely gold uh, will not enter a new bull market. So here I think uh, we need to keep a close eye on it. And as far as uh, oil is concerned, uh, we still think that oil uh, most likely has peaked at 95 and we are entering here a consolidation. So it seems like uh, uh, crude oil uh, will uh, have a, uh, a trading range between 80 and 90 US dollar and most likely not go back to new, uh, to new highs above the September highs. Thank you very much, Menzo, for that. So that's all for today. Thank you again to my guests this morning and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We would love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when John T. Warris will be back and he'll be speaking to more of our colleagues, including Manuel Villegas, our crypto asset analyst, who will most certainly set this morning's move of Bitcoin into perspective. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.